Radical, your favorite Bitcoin podcast. I don't want to go among mad people. Oh, you can't help that. Most everyone's mad <laughs> What's up, Mind Matter? Welcome to Down the Rabbit Hole. Awesome. What's going on, Cass? Man, I'm excited for this episode. Uh, it's Saturday morning. Got a nice cup of coffee. Just finished up a great workout. And I'm excited to talk to you because we're not just going to talk about Bitcoin in this episode, but we're going to talk about health and fitness and, and how Bitcoin lowers your time preference to sort of take ownership of not just, you know, your finances and, you know, control of your life, but also control of your body and your health and your, and your mental health and your, your spiritual health. And, you know, you've sort of built this NIM up, um, which is growing like insanely quickly, basically just by putting out like really positive, uh, you know, informative information around health and fitness. So I guess we'll start the conversation off with like, how, how where did your journey start with health and fitness? And like, yeah. how did it get you to where you're at now? Yeah, that's a great question. So like, ultimately, like I started with health and fitness long, long, long before Bitcoin um, or even like, like any of like the mindset stuff I, I talk about. Um, so I, like I, I've, I'm 31. I, I started lifting kind of when I was probably 17 and started taking like seriously lifting around like 2021. Um, I was like, uh, no, 135 pounds when I, st I started lifting. Um, and this is at like six foot one. So really, really thin. Like I was one of the, the smallest people. And so like, like ever since then, um, you know, I decided like I want to build my body up. Um, but that was kind of one of those things where the, like that happened over time. And then, then, you know, I got, you know, strong, gained a lot of muscle and, and things of that nature. But when I was lifting for the first, you know, however, long I didn't make any connections with kind of low time preference or anything of that nature I was just like like I literally wanted to lift to um really like win bar fights and you know fuck more girls honestly and you know like I said like honestly <laughs> I mean to, to some degree right like it, it helped with that right like obviously like I later went went into boxing and I realized that you know like lifting weights really, if you, you want to learn how to fight, you need, you need to actually fucking fight. Like lifting weights kind of can tertiary, tertiary help with that. But like, if you want to know how to fight, um, know how to fight um, and, and then things of that nature. But yeah, like that's primary, well, that, that was primary my motivation for kind of the majority uh, of like kind of my, my training career in terms of like weight, weight lifting and stuff. Um, that's so funny. Hang on. I just want to interrupt you right there because you said like the way that you got into it was you wanted to basically win bar fights. You know, you want to look ripped and you want to fuck more girls. And it's like that greed that sucked you in is also very similar to the greed that sucks you into Bitcoin. Like you, you get in for a number to go up and then it lowers your time preference and you're like, okay, maybe I should build an off grid house and, you know, build my body up and learn to meditate. Like it's, it's the same greed. So I just thought that was an interesting connection. I, would, I just thought of. Yeah, totally. Right. Like, like we, humans operate on rational incentives, right? So the, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, when, you know, it, you're brought in to like kind of this incentive base in, in one realm, it kind of apply to kind of like all these other realms. And like, I, I didn't make the connection between like everything until like probably the, the last like six months or so between kind of like, like, like I, I've been in, so I, I got into Bitcoin in like 
2017, like June or July around there. But, um, and at the price of Bitcoin at the time, it was like, like $2,500 or something. I thought I missed the boat, right? Like that was my, my whole thinking back then. Cause I saw it, like it was at like, you know, I looked at the chart at the time and it was like $600 in 2016. I'm like, oh man, it just like five vexed. Like, but I was like, you know, let me just get a little bit to begin with or whatever. So like I did what a lot of people back then did and, you know, downloaded Coinbase, um, you know, bought Bitcoin, bought Litecoin, um, you know, bought like what, like, I think it was like Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum were the only three coins on there at the time. Um, but, and then like, I, I like saw it get, like go up dramatically. And then like, in the, like November, December, 2017, like kind of heavily bought the top. Um, so kind of like, and then, you know, I saw it obviously crash down and then I was like, well, like I, I viewed it through the lens of gold at the time. So I kind of like broadly, um, just like throughout like all 2018 when it was going down, I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to like go back up at some point in the future. But what I didn't do was I, um, didn't dollar cost average in really. I just kind of held what I bought in like, like 2017. I never sold anything, but I, I didn't dollar cost average in. And one of the, the biggest mistakes where I see like noobs are making the same mistakes that I made back then is that, yo, buy that shit down because like, like whatever you think is expensive now, that this in four or five years from now, it's going to look so cheap and you're going to hate yourself for not buying it. So, um, that's kind of like my genesis. I'd have like double the amount of Bitcoin I had now had I just, you know, bought the bottom in like late 2018. So anyone that's like listening to this, Make sure, you know, whatever fiat you don't need for immediate expenses, you know, use that to buy in. It's, it's still cheap right now. Totally. 100%. And I wasn't trying to steer this towards Bitcoin. Um, I just thought that was an interesting connection that I, I hadn't thought of yet. But so let's go back to uh, finishing your health and fitness journey. Yeah, totally. So, um, I mean, really, when... Like I started lifting in say seriously when I was around like 2021, um, I was probably still only had that motivation for the the longest time, and it wasn't until I mean I had probably been I kind of hit the peak of my lifting when I was around you know 24 or so I get up to like like 202 pounds and I, I was close to entering like powerlifting competitions and shit like that. But like, um, it wasn't until then that like, you know, I, I hit, I hit kind of like this natural peak or whatever to where like, had I wanted to continue, I would have had to go on steroids uh, or some type of shit like that. And, you know, like, like I was stronger than kind of like most of the people I was lifting with. And then like a lot of, a lot of those guys went on roids and then they just kind of obviously surpassed me. But so I, I decided not to go that route, but that's kind of when I got kind of like the, the, whoa, like this is kind of my fucking, um, like, I guess you could say fucking like, like I've never been to fucking therapy or any shit like that, but I guess like, like the gym would be like the closest thing for me. Cause like, like that's like my happy place. Right. So when I go into the motherfucking gym, like, like, like I actually like look forward to the gym now, like most days, like some days I'm not tired. I don't feel like it, but like nine times out of 10, I'm usually looking forward to the gym. That's like my favorite part of the day. So like, like, like I'm not any stronger or, or bigger than I was, you know, seven years ago when, when I, I peaked, but like, I still go in there every day because like at this point I'm kind of training my mind. Right. Like I've, I've hit like 
whatever my kind of my, most of my natural limitations are physically. But now I'm just in there training my fucking mind. Um, and to me, that's like something that like I'm going to do for the rest of my life, right? Like I've been lifting now for over a decade seriously and going to continue to do it because ultimately what you're, you're training yourself to do is, is thinking kind of a, you know, as we say, kind of low time preference way, but also it kind of gives you kind of a spiritual grounding for the rest of your life, right? Because you know, if you go out and do something crazy, you're not going to feel as good the next day for the fucking gym and things of that nature. So it just kind of gives you this kind of broad, kind of, uh, mental and spiritual grounding to go about the rest of your day. It's so important too, especially in the time of the world that we're living in right now. Um, you know, we in the past year and a half, we've seen the, the science, trademark the science change and what the medical and the health professionals are pushing out, you know, basically contradicts everything I believe. <laughs> so it's, um, it's really put a chip on my shoulder too into into going into the gym now is more of like it's like a fuck you like uh, you know it's like yeah. I don't believe like this COVID stuff is complete bullshit I'm gonna go in here and I'm gonna like this is my this is my uh, vac- vaccination like my vaccination is my six pack and you can fuck off like the people who have spent the last 30 years not caring about their health telling me how I should you know what I should do and stick in my own body um just not about it so let's let's steer it towards like that because i think um you know it's not even just health and fitness that you talk about it's the almost the fringe ideas that uh really vibe with the bitcoin community that even you know even people that are really into health and fitness would be like whoa that's pretty out there so tell me how did you get started with the raw egg diet and what what would you say are like the biggest benefits to somebody trying this who's not already doing it? Yeah, that's a great question. So I like the raw egg things like new, like it was from like an article I like I read. So so okay, like just backing up one step. Um before I came to um kind of like like kind of uh Bitcoin Twitter, like I've been in Bitcoin I guess like over four years now. Um, but I, I, I always, I always kind of, kind of been on, on the fringes of it, right? So I was in kind of like the self. I, I come from like kind of right wing bodybuilding Twitter slash self improvement Twitter. So I'm, like you're probably tertiarily familiar with that because like like a lot of the guys that like like kind of I follow are from kind of the self improvement sphere that kind of really sprung up in like 2016, 2017. Um, and so um, there was a, a movement that started I think in like early 2020 of like growing nationalism and. Uh, there's a, a guy like that's called Raleigh Nationalist that I, I follow. Um, and, and I think he, he might even like wrote a whole cookbook like with that. I, I don't have that book, but um, so he, you know, there's an article on, on that, that, I mean, I've tweeted out the link probably 50 times when, whenever <laughs> and there I'm tagged in almost every single time you do it. <laughs> right, somebody right. responding to a comment. <laughs> yeah. So you know what I'm talking about, right? So, so, yeah, so yeah. I've so like, it. Like I read the article and I realized that kind of, you know, um, the, uh, you know, when you kind of cook the eggs, you know, the availability of the, the, the nutrients is just like it, it cooks out of them. Right. So um, if you get kind of uh, like if you want it, like I always say, like, make sure you do like the, the, the pasture raised eggs because the, the, the cage ones, they carry trauma. Right. And that trauma carries on to us. Right. So like if you eat. Like whatever you eat, you're, you're always are what you eat. So like if a, an animal has been treated poorly and you eat that animal, you are going to gain kind of some of that spiritual energy of an animal that's been treated poorly. So always 
make sure whether it be with eggs or with anything else that you try to get kind of the, the, the best quality that you can. Um, but yeah, so like, like I started the kind of the raw egg nationalism journey probably a year, year and a, probably like a year ago, but like I didn't really step it up until like a few months ago where and now I do kind of like eight to 10 raw eggs a day on average, just like drink it with a meal, like anything else. Um, and it's been great, right? Um, it, it's one of those things like if you, if you don't have time to like cook or anything, you know, take a couple minutes to crack the eggs into like a fucking, um, just a motherfucking glass and then fucking chug that shit. Um, and so it's like, it's, I mean, it's the ultimate health food, right? Like if you get fucking like, um, ultimately like first raise your own chickens, if you can't, like I live in an apartment complex, so I can't do that. But if you can raise your own motherfucking chickens, um, but if not, just get like, you know, pasture raised eggs, um, from the store and just kind of like research where you're getting them from the, like, like what, what the farm is and everything. Like, like I trust where I'm getting my, my eggs from, but ideally, yeah. Like, it, I mean, if like, Five years from now, I, I hope I, you know, have, I'm living on a lot of land, chicken farm, you know, I mean, obviously like with a wife and hopefully a couple of kids by that point too. So, um, yeah, that's ultimately the goal. But for now, it's just like, like the, the, the raw egg thing is great. And I mean, everyone that's tried it, you know, has ended up saying that like, they're not sure about the taste maybe, but like they know it's the ultimate health food. So, um I think it's like, like if we're going to mean anything into existence, I think raw nationalism should be at. Right. Right. And it, with a lot of these things, like going to the gym, taking a cold shower, you know, even taking the time, the 10 minutes out of your day to me- sit down and meditate. Um, you're not always doing that because you want to. So it's not a, like about, you know, oh, this these raw eggs, you know, they taste amazing. It's like, no, I'm doing this because it, partially because it sucks. You know, it's it's the mental hurdle to do it every day. And so I thought that, I think that's interesting. And so there's a couple things you said that I want to break down. So you said the animal trauma that you eat, like if the if you eat an animal that experiences trauma, I guess at the end of its life, um, that you said that passes on to you. Is that something that you've actually like experienced and you can notice a difference in yourself? Yeah. So great question. And it's not just the trauma at the end of its life. Right. Because like if you're, if we're eating meat, right. Ultimately the, the animal's being killed to eat it, but, but it's, it's how the animal is treated and raised. So if you look at kind of like this mass factory farming and things of this nature, one of the things that you'll see is, you know, they the animals are treated poorly throughout their, their life. Um, so, you know, you eat like, depending on like some of the, the burgers and the, the chicken that, that you eat, um, they're, they're stuffed in cages and they, they live a really terrible life. Um, they're treated really poorly and you want to avoid consuming foods like that because so like at a base layer, layer, and this goes back to kind of the, uh, kind of the first law of thermodynamics and that, that's all energy, energy can't be created or destroyed, right? It can only be transferred. So with the, the way that you transfer energy kind of through, uh, your diet is, is literally what you consume. So when you consume um, an, an animal that has been under some sort of trauma, what happens is that trauma is, so you're, consu- you're consuming on a physical level, you're consuming the nutrients, but on a, a physiological and a spiritual level, you are consuming everything that that animal um, uh, kind of has kind of has been through in its lifetime. Right. Because like, like, like everything is, is transferable, not just kind of the, the physical elements you are, you're eating kind of, like everything along with that. So that's why, you know, if I recommend people to get 
the, the, the high quality eggs, it's not just to avoid kind of salmonella, which is, I mean, that's a very remote possibility, even if you have the, the bad eggs, but it's also, I mean, you're getting the better quality nutrition, but you're also like spiritually, you are going to be healthier by consuming animals that have been treated well throughout the course of their existence. And, and, and you know, there, there's, there's plenty of, of shit that kind of proves this out, but if you just go back to kind of prior to factory farming, people were, were just healthier uh, psychologically when they were consuming animals that had been, you know, raised well in a healthy environment. And ultimately at the end of their, their, their life, you know, they are killed to be consumed um, by humans, but, but that's you're gonna kind of the natural hierarchical structure of how things go. Um, but, but yeah, like I, I'm very wary of kind of factory farming and, and things of that nature because of how I know that kind of, um, even from a purely selfish standpoint, like you, you should be too, because of how that kind of transfers to your spirit. That's, that's a super interesting point that I've never really thought of, but it's almost, I mean, it makes complete sense, not even just on a spiritual level, but also a physiological level that the, I mean, an animal that's under a lot of stress, sorry, like cortisol, um, you know, that you're t ingesting all of that whenever you, and you know, whenever you eat it. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so, totally. So, so, I mean, that's why, you know, and obviously like ultimately what you want to do is kind of operate by that, like that 90, 10 rule, right? Like 10% of the time, like, you know, you're going to be fucking running over some shit at work and then, and then, you know, it is what it is and your diet's going to fall off for a second. What you want to do is just don't let, the, don't let yourself fall off again. Right. So like if you, you fucking like have a, a bad day with a diet, uh, there's a tendency to kind of get down on yourself and say, Oh, fuck it. And then you have like a, a second bad day in a row. That's where you get into trouble. The, the, the fact of the matter is like, what you got to do is like, if you have a bad day, with like your diet, just fucking the next day, just be like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like I, I had a bad day today. I'm going to have a good day. And you know, like, like that's it. There's this tendency, I think for people to kind of like, uh, dig themselves into a hole, like kind of feel sorry for themselves or fucking, you know, just say, say Oh fuck it. Well, I, I, I ate this that I wasn't supposed to eat. Let me just fucking like double down. And that's terrible. That's what you don't want to do. Like one bad day is not going to kill you, but you know, multiple bad days in a row and then you have a bad week and, and then that starts to add up. Yeah, absolutely. So I see that all the time with my friends and even I used to be this way. So it's, it's the difference between relying on motivation and learning to build the skill of discipline. So, I mean, having those, everybody has those days that, you know, you either don't want to go or you inevitably just things happen and you can't go or whatever happens and you have a, you know, you get hung, you're hung over or you're actually legitimately sick or whatever it is, you know, but it's getting back on that, that saddle consistently. And I, um, so I have this quote that I write and I read it almost every single day, multiple times is learn to build the skill of discipline. Um, I just love that. Yeah, it's great. Right. Um, ultimately you can only motivation is only going to take you so far. It's fleeting, right? It's fleeting. So, um, ultimately you're going to have to build it. Um, like you said, days where, where you don't want to, whether it be with a diet, whether it be with a gym. Um, ultimately, you know, one of the things that I think is even better than the gym, but it's it's harder because you have to be really, really be dedicated and have a, a lot of time to do it remotely successfully is a combat sport. Um, so like if, if people are, I always recommend the gym first though, because uh, it's something that like kind of everybody can do. Whereas a combat sport kind of takes that, that next level of like kind of mental dedication and things like that. 
Um, and cause I used to, I used to box or whatever. And like boxing's way harder than going to the gym. So like, I, I feel like if you're going to recommend something, some, somewhere to start, like always start with kind of the gym. Everyone can get in there and like lift weights for 30 minutes, even at kind of a low intensity start. So, um, you know, if people are really ready for that next level up after the, they, they feel like they can really dedicate, you know, two to three hours a day to something, then, you know, a combat sports kind of the way to go, but always start off at the gym in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. And so real quick, we'll, we'll come back to combat sports, but something I just thought of again, that aligns to what, to Bitcoin is relying on that motivation. Like we said, is fleeting. It's almost like uh, the people that first come into Bitcoin, they rely on the price. They're like, oh, the price is going up. Now I'm buying. Oh, the price is going down. I'm scared. I'm, I'm going to sell. Like, like you said, when you first came to Bitcoin, you know, you weren't dollar cost averaging on the way down. Um, there's a linkage, there's a connection there uh, between, you know, saving money so you can dollar cost average and consistently going to the gym. It's the same thing. It's discipline. I just yeah, thought totally, that was interesting. Totally right. And, and the thing is, um, also kind of like it was, if you look at it, it's kind of like the understanding you have of kind of the protocol. And when I when I first got in in 2017, I was like speculating, right? Like the thing is, I was like, oh, shit, this is going to go up. Um, you know, let me just like see like how far I can get this and then, you know, cash out at all at the top or something. Um, and, and then like as – you know, later, like, as I, I learned more and more in like 2019 and, and stuff like 2020, I was, I was like, I view this as like a, a broader long-term investment. It, it wasn't until, man, I would say like within the last few months where I, now I'm kind of saving in Bitcoin. Right. So like you kind of have these kind of three layers, at least I have where I was first uh, kind of speculating in it in 2017. Uh, then like 2019, 2020, I was like, well, this is like the, the ultimate investment. So I like, you know, I started kind of thinking about through through that lens, and now I, like I think of it through it like a savings account. But that, that's a a really recent phenomenon for me. So I don't know if like that's something maybe you can speak to. If you've also kind of experienced the same phenomenon, I know twenty seventeen like it's kind of when a bunch of like like just like kind of regular like retail folks like like me got in. I know. Um, can you maybe you can speak to if you saw like the same experience kind of when you got in. To how you view it now or did you immediately view it through the lens of kind of savings technology yeah so i would say i i had a very similar experience that you had i got in um in 2016 totally you know was into the shit coins did not understand bitcoin near to the level that i understand it now um, and i did not view it <laughs> as a dollar cost averaging tool um yeah i bought it and i would buy it uh, you know whenever i could whenever i had money and i would make more large purchases, but I would never view it through the lens of like, I'm going to take a few dollars a day and go buy it. Or, you know, instead of, you know, 20 bucks a day on, on a consistent basis, I was not doing that until, um, very late 2019. So, and then, you know, 2020 happened and then a lot of companies sort of made it more feasible, like Swan to, you know, dollar cost average on a cheap and regular basis. So, you know, it is, it is, Definitely, you know, there's be there's people have been talking about this in the Bitcoin space forever, you know, especially the people that have been for longer. How Finney even has uh, like a famous post from like 2011 about how you should be dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin, but it's definitely become more prevalent as of recently. And I would say 
in my own personal experience, you know, I've been into health and fitness forever. I started lifting. Um, well, I say I, I started working out probably at like 10, but that wasn't with like, that was just like body weight stuff. And then started like really lifting probably like 13. Um, and I've gone, you know, in and out in different phases and, you know, different periods of my life where I would, you know, get more motivated and less motivated. But now, like you said, I'm, I'm definitely on the same page where you're at, where it's like a staple in my life now. And it's like, it keeps me sane and grounded <laughs> and especially in 2021. Totally, totally. And the thing is, you know, how normies kind of have their vaccine passports. Well, like we have our Jackson passports, I say <laughs> that, um, you know, cause the, the more jacked we are, you know, um, the more it's going to help prevent, you know, viruses of the body or the mind. So the thing is like, 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 yeah, like you have your Jackson passport and your fucking like McDonald's bags and your soda. Well, I've got my raw eggs and, you know, my big biceps and things of that nature. So um, just two kind of different ways to, to live your life. But um, like, I'll take my chance with my Jackson passport over the, the normies <laughs> and, and their vaccine passports. So something you said earlier, I want to touch on, you said Bitcoin's the ultimate investment. I, I'm going to disagree with you there. I think your, your body and your mind is the biggest investment. And then Bitcoin is the second. Yeah. You know, um, totally right. Like if you don't have your, your health, you don't have anything. Um, and off that too, like, you know, we, we say like Bitcoin's the biggest investment um, or like I, I said, said that, but really like ultimately one of the things that like you should try to do is increase your income so you can just dollar cost average more. Like the thing is people that are trying to trade this shit are, are going to get fucked because, you know, 5% of people are going to make money and, you know, there's survivorship bias. So you'll see that shit on Twitter. You see some really, really smart guys that make a lot of money trading, but most people won't. But, you know, a lot of people can make an, an additional 20, 30, 40% income, right? Like that's not very hard to do. And so then you, you can automatically, you know, throw that all into to Bitcoin, double, double your kind of DCA stash, and, and then you're kind of good to go. So like focus on increasing your income rather than fucking trying to time the market or all that shit. Because if you try to time the market, you're going to be in trouble. Um, and, and just going back to, to that, yeah, like, like your body and your mind is the most important investment because ultimately with a, with a strong body and strong mind, like you, you can get more income, you know, fiat income, and then use that to um, throw more into Bitcoin. So like the Bitcoin shit doesn't matter if you're fucking like, you know, a fat fuck and you, you've got like fucking all these like anxieties or whatever the fuck. Like I don't even think that shit's real, right? I think like anxiety and depression are, aren't even fucking real. I think it's made up by Big Pharma to fucking sell medications, but like, like even if, even if you believe that shit's real, um, then the, the the way to get rid of it's like the get get your Jackson passport, um, get your fucking mind right, and fucking um, yeah, like just 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 do your thing, and then like like Bitcoin should be downstream and all that shit. Like the thing is like like if if your whole life's all fucked up, but you buy Bitcoin, dude, you're still fucking losing, right? Like like okay, great, like like you got Bitcoin, but like dude, like you're kind of really missing the forest for the trees. So like. If I say Bitcoin is the ultimate investment, um, it's not right. Like, like the ultimate investment is your 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 body, mind, and your spirit. Right, and so I think it's so interesting that 
Bitcoin sort of like we say Bitcoin changes you and and in our own experience it seems it's changed us to become more focused on these things in our life um I just think that's so interesting and it's it's magical how a form of money that really just redefines private property rights can change you to be more focused on taking care of your own body mind and spirit yeah totally totally and for me I I, I would say that in a little more nuanced way, it, it hasn't changed me because like I was into like that stuff kind of before I was like, like into Bitcoin, but I think it's kind of synthesized it for me and, and given me a way to kind of like uh, express like express that and make the connections on a more conscious level. And that's kind of helped me more with the uh, kind of the, 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 the mind, the mind stuff, right? But like the bodybuilding stuff I was always into, like before I was into any type of like anything else I was into kind of lifting weights and shit. But yeah, I think it's helped kind of synthesize that for me. Yeah, it seems like it's sort of uh, resonating with the Bitcoin community pretty well too. Um, like the engagement is pretty high and the number of people that are now tagging me and you and and pictures of them eating raw eggs is encouraging. I totally support <laughs> cyberbullying people into being healthier. <laughs> yeah, totally, right? It's I mean, it's awesome, like the raw egg movement and... Um, you know, I, I tweet something out about like a, a couple programs I got, like just like kind of intermediate programs that on like the um, the next leg up, which is a leg program and the blow your back out, which is a back program. I got like probably 50 plus DMs asking for those. So I sent those shits out, you know what I'm saying? Like I had already had those saved and shit. So like just shit like that, I'm like, oh fuck. Like it's kind of easy for like, you know, guys like us to have an impact when you know, um, we kind of synthesized everything together, like with the kind of body, mind, spirit building and through, through Bitcoin, right? Like, like the Bitcoin is kind of like one part of it, but like, like, yeah, like the, the important stuff's like kind of all the other, other stuff that goes, goes with it. Like, uh, you know, like, and if you look at kind of, if you follow kind of like the, the right wing bodybuilding group on Twitter and, um, kind of the, the broader self-improvement sphere, what you'll see is that there's kind of a, like, you know, a lot of those guys are, you know, somewhat tertiary into Bitcoin, but, but they're also into kind of like all the other stuff we're into too. So like, I recommend like, if people don't follow people like, like Solbra and like some of the, like people like that also like you'd follow him because like, like those guys are really into kind of like mind, uh, mind body and spirit building too. And, and that's kind of where I got a lot of that from too. So like, you know, just going outside like the immediate kind of like Bitcoin Twitter space that, that there's plenty of more folks that you, you can kind of learn from too. So I always recommend people do that. Yeah. I love soul, bro. Um, brah. Um, so let's get into something. Uh, some people might find a little weird, but I've tried it. I've, I've seen the benefits in myself. So how did you stumble upon semen retention? Yeah, this is okay. This is a great question. So, um, semen retention is something that, you know, I did not think about at all until recently. Like I, um, like I was one of these people that, you know, you know, up until like, I guess three or four years ago, I mean, I'd watch porn every day, not thinking anything of it. But one thing I noticed, um, is that, you know, I'm sitting in like my middle ish to maybe yeah, middle ish to late ish twenties or whatever, like 27, 28, whatever. And, like my erections aren't as hard. Um, like I'm like, like, you know, like my libido's, you know, strangely low. Like, I mean, I'm in hella good shape at the time still like wondering kind of what's going on. 
And then, you know, I went down, before I found about senior retention, I went down like the, kind of the rabbit hole with kind of like how bad porn is for you, how it rewires your brain and stuff. And so then, you know, kind of broadly just like, you know, stopped watching porn. Um, you know, like I, I relapsed a few times in, in there because like I didn't realize like there, like porn was an addiction and, and shit like that. But like, like ultimately like, like, so, I mean, so like this, this, this is going to kind of set the stage for the senior retention thing. So, so let me just go off on, on a bit, bit of a, a, a tangent here. The, the porn's a, a, a psyop, right? Like, like it's 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 a drug and it's a psyop. And the thing is, the reason that they, they they made it so accessible is to capture um, capture your mind, lower the birth rate. Like 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 almost everything comes comes back to kind of lowering the birth rate. So when they made porn that accessible, what their goal was to do was to get people like hooked on it. That's why it's free because you're the product. Um, I didn't realize any of that, you know, until three or four years ago and this is like broadly when i was in the self-improvement sphere um you know and you follow kind of you know guys in there and they started talking about this and like kind of like making sure you get your, your a blood panel to get your testosterone checked and i was like oh shit my, my shit's fucking weirdly low like like i'm a you know healthy young guy you know i was like 27 or whatever at the time um 28 maybe and i was like like why is my fucking um testosterone near the, the, the lower end of the range and that, but then that's when I started kind of looking more into kind of like uh, porn. Um, I went down that rabbit hole um, immediately after I quit porn for three months. Now I, I've been have quit like I mean now, now that's three and a half years ago, but um, my testosterone went up like into the the six hundreds, which still isn't great. But but like I mean now it's in, in like the the eight hundreds or stuff. But that's just immediately from quitting porn. Now kind of bringing that back to the the semen retention piece, I didn't. Like, even after I quit porn, um, I would still be uh, masturbating and things like that. But I was, like, kind of less so because, I, I mean, porn wasn't at, the, at the, the front of my mind. And then that's when I found this article by this dude named Crypto De Messina. And uh, he was in the crypto space, I, I know, like, late 2017. Not, not specifically the Bitcoin space, but just, like, the crypto space in general. And then I think, you know, I don't know what happened to him in terms of, like, like I've never seen him on Twitter anymore. But... Um, he went off and I think did his own thing. He probably just, you know, made it, made a shit ton of money and then went down a spiritual journey. But one of the things that, that he talked, like talked about was kind of sexual energy and he's got like a three part series. And I mean, like now this article I've sent out probably multiple hundreds of times in, in just the last few months, like the, the senior retention article more so than the writing nationalism piece. And um, I, I don't even know who the, this this crypto Damascena guy is who who wrote it. I mean, he, he's a guy like I'm, I'm kind of vaguely familiar with, but um, I'm thankful for him because when he made the the connection to me with kind of the semen retention, I'm like, oh shit! Like, like really, you don't want to ejaculate at all unless you're kind of with like a long term partner, and it doesn't like doesn't necessarily have to be kind of for procreation, right? Some of the really hardcore semen retention dudes, and I think he might be actually be one of that, them, he'll talk about, you know, like only ejaculating for procreation. I'll be honest, that's a little bit autistic even for me. I'm kind of more, <laughs> you know, like I'm like, uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I hear you and, and, and sexual energy and all that stuff. But like ultimately, if, if you're with a partner that, you know, you love and care about, you're, you're fucking um, like it's an energy exchange. So like not coming inside of her seems just fucking a little weird to me. That, that seems a little bit autistic and weird. Um, but yeah, like broadly, the, the idea of this, the semen retention, you know, like the article explains it better than I could. It's like a three-part series with, it starts with sexual energy, then goes into kind of semen retention. 
and other stuff. But um, it's, it's effectively, I mean, physically, like it raises your testosterone. Uh, it makes your erections harder and, you know, things like that. But also just from a, a metaphysical level, like your, your uh, vibration level is higher, right? So like your chakras, which go like, you know, from your dick all the way up to your brain and like in between and all that shit. It's fucking just um, like it just it, it raises your vibrational level. So like you're like like fucking fucking if you're with like a fucking female like and you've been beaten off all the time like we call it like there's a fucking word for it. It's cooming, right? You're a coomer because you you jerk your dick all the time. Like they, they can sense that shit. Like you because you're you're like weird and awkward and nervous. Also, it makes your hair fall out too. So yeah, I mean like anybody that's on. Like, if you're a dude and you're beaten off or watching porn, stop it right the fuck now. Like, like whatever you have to do, um, just fucking stop that shit. Because I, I wish I had known that fucking 10 years ago because I was, like, got addicted to porn and shit, not even knowing, like, porn wasn't even an addiction, right? So right. Um, been off that for probably, what, fucking three and a half years now. Been strictly on semen retention for, fuck, like, I mean, like, I mean, I, I, still, I, mean, I still fuck some bitches. I'm not going to lie. Like, in between then. But like, um, probably for about a year and a half now, I've been on senior retention, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's a lot to unpack in what you just said. So I'm going to go back to where you, where you started with the conversation with porn and specifically you said it's a psyop meant to reduce the population. So I think there's an interesting connection here with sort of this Malthusian population control. Like porn is literally meant to turn you into less of a man. That is what it's meant to rewire your brain. It's supposed to fuck up your relationships with women. It is supposed to make you like one, like you like you have no sex drive. You can't get hard. Um, all of these things, but it also distorts your image and your view of relationships and and how you should interact with women. Um, total psyop. You should stop that right now. But getting into like the sexual energy part of it, I, this is something that I didn't know until I started it. And, and you know, it makes a, like, obviously it makes sense, but you, you can't really fathom how it makes sense until you just try it until you're like legitimately a few weeks, like until you, like, until I started doing this, which was a couple months ago from seeing, you know, sort of the stuff that you put out and, you know, reading those articles, um, I don't know if I had gone more than a couple weeks, like basically since I had hit puberty, like, and then when you go a couple weeks of retaining your semen, there is a noticeable difference in the type of person you are. Like legitimately you're walking down the street. You're like, I want to punch every dude and fuck every chick. And it is like a new form of mental clarity. Like one of the things that I noticed was I was like, I was like, I'm hilarious when I'm retaining semen. Like I'm way more creative, way funnier. Um, and you talk about like the energy, like you can legitimately feel it all the way through your body. Um, especially like whenever you're speaking with women, like I'm, I'm fully convinced like the pheromone argument that, you know, you smell like more of an attractive mate and everybody can sense that. Yeah, totally. Right. Uh, you know, so women can sense like, you know, uh, whether or not you're, you're full of semen, like they just can, right? So like they will not know that consciously, but subconsciously, like, like bitches know whether or not like you've been, you've been beaten off. And, and like, if you've gone on kind of like, like semen retention for any amount of time, like you'll, you'll notice this. And like other people that um, have been on semen retention have talked about the exact same thing you're referring to. Uh, and, and there's just like a biological uh, imperative there because, you, you know, w women want to, you know, be with 
the you know, one of the people that, that's just most most fertile, right? I mean, like obviously there's other selection traits too, but like that that's a that's a primary one. So like they have a primal urge that like if, if you've been retaining semen for you know weeks and months, um, they're gonna be attracted to you that rather than the guy that's just been like beaten off twice a day and has like like nothing left in the tank, right? Um, you know, so so, so like uh, physiologically that, that they understand that. So it's it, it makes sense from just a biological standpoint that you know bitches want to be with somebody that's been um kind of retaining semen whether or not that they consciously know or not totally it's it's so interesting because it not only gives you as a male like an like an immense amount of courage to go up to more women but i I noticed a difference of the number of women like giving me like double looks and some coming up to me basically just like because they they could tell yeah yeah, and they probably don't even know that, like, oh, like Kaz is on fucking semen retention or whatever. I'm sure they have of no idea. Of course, right? there would be there would be no way, but it's just like something innate biologically, like you said, or the pheromone thing that like they can just smell something, and it's like so subconscious, but it's like just programmed into our brains as human beings. Yeah, I mean, and totally everything, right. and then then everything in society is telling us why that is bad for you okay so it's not just the porn argument it's also the diet they're trying to make you like impotent like they're trying to make you on a a sludge based diet full of soy which i want to hear your take on how that affects you spiritually like you said the animal trauma that that you eat like if an animal you know has trauma in their life that passes on to you you know what does it do to your body if you're eating something that's not even living yeah, great question. So, like the um, the soy boy meme that, that I mean, it's become kind of popular, like kind of in our circle the last couple months or so. That started in, like also on self improvement Twitter, like the right wing bodybuilding space, like back from from this dude like Michael Mason in like 2016. Like he he was talking about like deep soy and shit. I had no idea what this, the fuck this dude was talking about. Like, um, and he started talking about like deep soy. Like no one's talking about now. Like. They won't be laughing long. And this is in like, you know, early 2017, maybe even 2016. I have no idea what the fuck this guy's talking about. Like I just found self-improvement Twitter. I think this guy's fucking crazy. And then, you know, it becomes kind of popular a lot rise in the next like year or so throughout like that, like that, that space. And then I started, you know, figuring out, I read this book called Deep Nutrition and I recommend everybody read this shit. Um, like Deep Nutrition by uh, Catherine Shanahan. Everybody read this shit because, um, you know, a, a lot of the, the, uh, the soy is kind of, you know, you have soil and things like that, but it's the seed oils and the processed sugar that's that's really gonna kill you. It's, it's the three things that are killing you. Um, the, the seed oils, the soy, and the processed sugar. And the, the soy boy thing, the, the, there's this meme, right, that's been around, you know, 4chan and, and things like that since like, you know, you know, 2016, 2017. But like it's real, right? Like if you see soy, what it does is like it causes your face facial structure to change, and like it's an epigenetic thing. So when you consume soy, what it does is it makes your face actually softer. So like the thing is like if you eat meat that's you know you know hormone free, obviously, right? You have to eat like good meat and like raw eggs and raw milk and things like that. Well, it strengthens your facial structure, so you become physically more attractive. Now when you eat soy, your face becomes softer. You you get acne. Um, your your hair can even fall out, like your, your erections become non-existent and things of that nature. Um, and, you know, I mean, a lot of that's, I mean, it's not like 
uh, like a meat slot or, or like vegetarian diet, it's about the, 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 uh, the, the processed seed oils. It's the seed oils um, that will kill you. It has nothing to do with kind of like people like, like a lot of like carnivores kind of fuck this up because like they think that like it's, it's purely the, the carnivore diet. And I think, you know, that's a, it's a good diet to be on it, but it, like you can even be on a, a vegetarian diet and be successful. It, it's, it's less likely, but the, the, the things you just have to do is the problem with a lot of fucking vegan food is it's got these fucking seed oils and the soy in it. And those are the things that you have to avoid. It's not like the fucking vegetables themselves. It's like the shit they, like they, like the, the processed vegetables. So that soy boy meme's so fucking real. That, that's why like soy is, it's meta, right? Because you see these people with their pronouns in their bio and things of that nature. And we, we call them soy boys because we know how they're going to act. They're going to drink soylent. And the reason is because their testosterone is low and they're fucking scared of everything. They're scared of their own fucking shadow. So they like, that's why they kind of run to the government and things of that nature. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And so, so oh, go ahead. No, you can go ahead. Yeah. No, like I was just going to add, like, like a lot of these memes that we talk about are, are really meta. Right. So like you, you kind of make the connection between kind of the, the soy boy and their tendency to be kind of be scared, want to take a, a, a cuck scene or whatever and things like that, because they like, they don't know how to protect themselves because their testosterone so low. They're anxious all the time. So that's kind of where like the genesis of that, that meme comes from and why, and this is one of those things like where like, like I'm a, I'm a mindset guy, right? Like I'm a self-improvement guy. So like when I, I, I'm, I, I'm in the Bitcoin space, but there's people that know way more about this shit like Bitcoin than I do. I can't talk about like, you know, um, public private pre cryptography that well at all. You know what I'm saying? There's, but like, that's why I recommend people kind of also like that are in the Bitcoin space kind of like go also into the, the broader self-improvement space, which they have a lot, right? So, um, so because it, like a lot of these memes that, that we're talking about now kind of originated in the right-wing bodybuilding space. Totally. And, you know, that's what I like to do with this podcast. That's the reason that, you know, we're having this episode right now is to, I'm really interested in these connections of, you know, how Bitcoin, you know, sort of has these different connections with other communities and how, you know, it can bring more people together. And, you know, it's obviously a good thing. Like everything that we're promoting is not like, it's not bad for you. Like it's, we're promoting it out of, you know, the goodness of us, you could say, like telling, you know, you know, stop watching porn. That's a fucking good thing. You should probably hear um, more people should normalize that conversation. Like 75% of all internet traffic is pornography. Um, that is terrifying. That's a terrifying statistic. Um, and the same thing with dieting, like I, I'm interested because, you know, the, the Bitcoin community is really harps on the, you know, the carnivore diet, which I've tried. I, I recommend it. I think it can be good for some people. It's also a very difficult diet, I think, to maintain, but it's totally good for you. Um, but now the raw eggs. So if, I, I don't know if you're familiar with, I'm sure you are, like what the fuck happened with in 1971, the website. One of the charts on there that happened after 1971 is just the number of, basically the percentage of the Amer of American diet that was moved to chicken and like moved away from red meat. And you see like chicken is just, it goes up exponentially. 
Um, so I think it's interesting to, to have this conversation about eating, you know, raw eggs, but also to take into account that it needs to be like well-raised chickens. Ideal, like, obviously I, I don't raise chickens either, but if you can, that would be the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like ultimately I don't like raise chickens, right? Like what you like, but you want to, if you can not like, like the thing is, but this is one of those things like, right? Like don't make perfect the enemy of good, right? The thing is like, yeah, like, I mean, some of the, like these really hardcore guys will talk about, um, you know, you have to raise your own chickens and obviously like, yeah, you should, if you can. But the thing is like, it's just like with anything else, don't, don't like perfectly the enemy of good there. So just get fucking pasture raised where you can get, you know, um, uh, red meat that's hormone free and things of that nature and you'll be good to go. Um, you hit on a key point though with kind of like the, the psyop piece, like like all of this is broadly a demoralization strategy, right? So when you when you look at it, what what they're what they're trying to do is they're trying to kind of psyop. Um, and here's like here's why I can speak to this so so well. I think is because so I was one of these dudes. Um, even though I, I lifted forever, like I was one of these dudes that was kind of really fucking normie and, and, and beta blue pilled until like you know 2016 2017. Um, you know, finding Bitcoin was part of the red pill journey, but it was only like a single part of it. So like, the thing is like, the reason like I can speak to kind of the kind of communist kind of Marxist doctrine so well, and like what their strategies and tactics are, is because I was so blue pill for so long that like, like I know like what it's coming from. So I, I know the inside of, of what these people are trying to do. And I was never like, I was always kind of like one of these like cringe libertarians that was just like, oh, let people be or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a coherent ideology in practice, but um, what, like, I kind of, I can, I see it from both sides of it where I was like, I used to be that kind of like cringe blue pill uh, libertarian that, that, that saw like nothing for what it was, kind of missed the boat, you know, all my early and mid twenties. And so now I kind of like, like when I try to, I can break this thing, like kind of the, a lot of the, 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 the tactics of the communist, communist Marxist regime down really, really well because I've seen the, my own evolution come through and I know what they're trying to do. So when you hit on like kind of like the, the mass psyop piece with porn, you know, like something like 75% of internet traffic, I had no idea about that statistic, makes sense though. That is what they're trying to do is they're trying to demoralize you with all this stuff. So like like what, what we have to do is, you know, do what we're, we're talking about and, and then ultimately be wary of kind of like the division. Like anyone that's trying to kind of divide us on gender or racial racial lines is probably, you know, they're, they're pulling a sign up on us. So like, that's the other thing I would just warn people is watch for anyone that's promoting division because if they're, you know, the only enemies, you know, the bankers and the global elites. And if someone's trying to promote division on some like, you know, kind of tertiary thing, watch out for that because I, I think that's probably someone that's either just dumb or they don't have the interest of our broader community in mind. So important, so important. Like I had that exact phrase written down. Uh, perfect is the enemy of the good. I'm, I'm glad you touched on that. Like you don't have to eat a perfect diet to you know make n actionable, practical steps towards improving your, you know, your body and your spirit and what you consume. Um, obviously, you're still going to have some things where you go out to eat, and you know, you, you sometimes don't want to control it. You know, that 90-10 rule is a good one to live by. Or, you know, you just straight up, you're traveling and, you know, you can't control it. But still, you know, it's taking these steps towards moving away from, you know, consuming soy that is just straight up screwing up your hormones in every way possible. Um, but, yeah, I, I think 
going back towards the the division part of what you touched on, it's something, you know, it's I've got to check myself too. It's very easy to fall into that trap. Like that is what everything is meant to do right now is to divide us on these tertiary issues that are wholeheartedly not important in scope. And, um, you know, basically everything in society now is meant to push you on one side or the other and steer the uh, distraction or, di- or sorry, meant to distract you away from, you know, who the real enemy is like you, like you described. Totally. Right. And, and, and like practically that's why, you know, um, where Bitcoiners have a lot of stuff, right. I, I think there's still kind of a, a lack of concentration on, you know, the, the enemy and that's, you know, the, the global governments, um, one person, I mean, that does a, a really good job of breaking this down. I'm sure, I'm sure you follow him as Michael Krieger. He's, he's always this dude that, you know, is keeping his eye on the prize. Um, in in regards to every element, I mean, he he doesn't talk about Bitcoin much anymore. I, mean, I think he's been in forever, and you know, but but he mainly kind of talks about kind of like the psychological warfare, and he's exactly right. Um, one thing I think kind of Bitcoiners get too distracted with is just you know kind of the, these these tertiary wars and stuff. Where I'm like, y'all, like like this is really like like if it's not the you know the the global elite and you know the the, the mass government. Like everything else is like, okay, great. Like, yeah, like that's a, maybe an issue, but that's where really not where we should be having our, our, like concentrating our energy on. So that's why I would just say, you know, focus on the prize and things of that nature. And sometimes, especially on, you know, Twitter, um, you know, you'll see the tendency for, you know, people like good, really, really smart people to still get distracted by kind of a lot of tertiary issues. So I'm, I'm going to push back a little bit because I think they're, it's extremely important for people who are actually like, you know, working in Bitcoin and like to, to be involved in the way, the, the way that Bitcoin is going. Like if Bitcoiners had not done that in the past, like who knows where we would be right now. Um, so I understand the obsession with trying to keep their focus on Bitcoin, but I don't understand the, you know, I'm going to, the belief that Bitcoin fixes everything. I'm going to put the blinders on and pretend like this mass push of authoritarianism over the last year and a half is not happening. And that things like vax, like vaccine mandates and vaccine passports um, do not hinder Bitcoin adoption because they at 100% do. And I, I'm willing to debate that with anybody who says that says otherwise, like for us to sit back and just like, let this happen and say, Oh, Oh, Bitcoin will fix it down the road. Like, yeah, it probably will, but it's going to delay, you know, what the type of society we're living in and we're going to have to go through fucking hell if we don't fight this now. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And, and to that point, right. We, we, um, like if we still need to be like, obviously like concentrating on what's happening with the protocol. Like, um, like, so when I, I got into the space and again, like June, July of 2017, it was like, like the height of the block wars or whatever. And I had no idea like what, what any of, of that meant back then. Like, I think I didn't even know that there was like a 21 million supply gap, honestly, back in like June or July of 2017. But like, like I, I sided with, you know, the small blockers just intuitively because there was like a store value argument. So like, I, like I always, I was like, well, you know, we got PayPal for the payment thing. So like, I, I just, I, I happened to, you know, intuitively, like immediately when I got in, which was kind of like the height of the block wars in the, in, in the summer of 2017, um, side with the small blockers. So, so yeah, like, like I'll kind of clarify what I was saying. Like when it's like a big attack on uh, on the, the network, like the um, the large blockers tried to try to do and pull off, you know, Craig Wright and those guys. 
we should obviously push back. Um, and, you know, you know, thankfully, you know, there was smart people that were involved back then um, that were doing just that, you know, and, you know, we got to the other side of that. But, but yeah, like just for a point of clarification, anyone that's trying to fuck with the protocol in any meaningful way that um, then obviously we, we should push back. And if you were in 2016, you probably like, like by 2017 had more of a grasp of, of the block wars and, and what that meant than I did, you know, uh, during, I guess the fork happened in like the, the fall of that, that year, I think maybe like September, some shit. But like I had like I had no idea what any any of that really was outside of like oh shit yeah like I broadly agree with kind of the story value narrative. Um, maybe could you talk to kind of like since you were probably in for like a year year and a half by by that point what you thought was going on back then what was your mindset were, were you um, well, first off were you um, a small blocker back then or what was kind of your broader framework? Um, I was an idiot back then. <laughs> I did not really understand what was going at, going on at all. Like I got in in late 2016, but you know, I was my understanding of Bitcoin and how the protocol worked and what the argument was really about. I did not grasp um, until like years later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no. So I'm like, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I, I just, I broadly like, like agree with the store value narrative. And because like that was like, I was like, wait, like, like, yeah, like my money's being debased, but like, yeah, like in terms of like the nuance of the argument, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. It wasn't until like 2019, 2020, where I went back and really kind of understood what like Adam Back and like all those geniuses on our side were, were fighting for. Um, and so thankful that they did because, you know, um, I, I mean, I just finished the Block Sides Wars a couple of weeks ago and um, were it not for those guys, you know, we would have a, a way more centralized protocol, right? Where, um, or, or, you know, I guess in theory, right, like when the fork happened, there would still be um, people that, you know, could have gone to the non-fork. But uh, long story short, luckily that like the, the small blockers won. Right. Absolutely. So, man, so what have we not talked about that you want to talk about? Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I would want to hit on is just kind of like um, where you see the community going in the next like say six to 12 months and you know how do you see kind of the the broader kind of um potential balkanization of the united states happening and you know with the role that bitcoin plays in because i, I think what's going to happen and um as you know sometime probably pretty soon i'm going to have you know um uh, to probably make it a away like out of my my current industry um if they go to vaccine passports and um something like that so like um but now like that, that's just like one element right like 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 if we're so shut off from kind of broader society you know what role do you think kind of bitcoin plays in that and um do you see kind of the united states kind of like balkanizing into kind of like these free areas like florida texas tennessee uh, is it going to be at a state level? Is it going to be at a local municipality level? Or like, like how do you kind of see that playing out over the next six to 12 months? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great question. And it's something that's like at the forefront of my mind every day now. Um, so I would say I start the conversation with I'm bullish on balkanization. Um, I'm also, would say I'm, I'm a little worried right now. I mean, it does look like, you know, 
the narrative is building that they're going to push us out of society at least um, until we push back and you know sort of demand our freedom but it does look like you know they're pushing towards like you know not letting people travel not you know may potentially not having access to financial or insurance services maybe medical services um, who knows maybe not allowed to go out in public if we if we have these vaccine rollouts um, but I don't think that is going to be uniform across the United States. Um, I think we're seeing that uniformity across other countries because of sort of the centralization of and the structure of other governments. But the United States is pretty unique in its ability, like in the in the constitutional republic of states' rights, where you know states are like the locality of individuals, which is something I've been thinking a lot recently about too. Um, sort of like these people, like with different values um, across distances, they're not going to support the same thing inevitably. And there are going to be people that push back on this and they flock to those freedom areas, as you called them, 100%. And um, I, so this is where I like think we need to lean in and sort of lean into this balkanization that looks like it's taking place. Looks like there, there's going to be tight places like Texas and Florida and you know, hopefully more, Tennessee and you know maybe Wyoming that push back on this um, because I, I believe this is probably, not probably, I believe this is the most important issue in the last 100 years as it relates to you know, human freedoms and, and medical uh, autonomy, like having control over your own body. Um, and this is essentially like medical apartheid that we're living through and that it's setting the stage for things that um, will be very hard for humanity to escape from for a long time if we don't if we don't push back on it yeah um i totally and, agree. And sorry 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 not to interrupt you real quick and to tie into what you asked about bitcoin to that i mean i think uh you know it potentially has the ability to lead to hyper bitcoinization if you know i you know, I sometimes think that could happen right around the corner. Like, I think people are waking up to the fact that, you know, Bitcoin provides this sort of autonomy and that, you know, you can have over your own your own wealth and the ability to move and t to take advantage of jurisdictional arbitrage in a way that was never possible. So, I mean, in, a, in the balkanized scenario that we described, um, that segregated sort of society, if it does take place here in America, I hope it doesn't. Um, I'm saying I don't care what you've done. Um, I love anybody. I don't care about your vaccination status. I love you regardless. Um, but it doesn't seem that that is being reciprocated. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, if you cut, you close my bank accounts, I'm just going to be paid in Bitcoin. So, <laughs> totally, totally. And, and like I said, I mean, I, I hope it doesn't come to this point. But let, let me, like I've, I've stated a couple times now, is that like. Like I'm, I'm, I'm willing to die if it comes to this. I mean, the thing is that these these communists are and Marxists are, you know, purely evil people, right? Um, so I think that like their, I mean, their goal is our extermination. So when like I say like I mean like I I don't want to die, but that's not my goal, right? Like I mean I'm not trying to. I'd rather live, I mean, you know, especially because I don't, I don't have a family yet. So I mean, I, I want to carry on my genetic le legacy, but broadly, I, you know, like, like if I, if I have to die, you know, like that's, you know, that this is the hill to die on, I think. And, and like you said, it's the, probably the most important fight in the last, you know, hundred or so years. Um, and, 
you know, I mean, the, the commies are, and the Marxists, they're unrelenting. So that they're going to continue to push past any, like, you know, these are not reasonable people. Now, a lot of the, the, the normies are, right? Like, the normies are largely just, like, scared. They're so deeply scared in PSYOP because of the commie propaganda um, that, that's been pushed out over the last, especially 18 months, but, but you know, prior to that, even so. So, like, th these, are, these are just kind of, like, you know, weak people or, or broadly just, you know, not like, you know, not thinking people that, that they've been indoctrinated. A lot of them, a lot of them is like the, that like kind of 90 to, to 110 IQ guys that we talk about a lot, the middle of the bell curve. Um, most of the people I talk to that are under 80 IQ know this is all bullshit. And the people I talk to that are, you know, like, you know, 125 IQ plus know that this is all bullshit. But it's, it's the, that middle of the bell curve that, that's really fucking dangerous because they, they usually like kind of have a, a quote unquote college degree and because of that, they think they're like intelligent or some shit. And they are the ones that are like effectively the, the bootlickers and the foot soldiers for kind of the, um, the commies at Davos, the World Economic Forum and, and things of that nature. So um, I, I think that like the more of those guys that, you know, we can kind of get to our side, the better. Some of them are just too deeply psyoped. But, but yeah, like um, there is probably going to be people that have to die. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to be one of them, but if, if I have to be, that's, you know, something that, um, I, I'm willing to do. Like, and that's why I always say like, like if anyone's ever listening to me out here, right? Like if I, for what little voice I, I have, all I would say is just like, if they, if they get to me, um, just like, like, like the thing is, cause like, I don't know if they're going to fucking like, you know, torture me and, and like make me like confess to some shit I don't believe. So I would just say like, like everything that like. Um, you know, first off, like I'm, I'm in perfect health. So like, I would like, that, that's the thing, like, um, like wh whatever happens, um, I would never like harm myself. So I just want to get that on the record where, wherever I can. Um, because you know, like, like, you know, I know, I know how they'll try to set things up like that, but the, the broader message that I want to get across is that, um, just continue fighting communism, continue fighting Marxism, continue, you know, stick together. Because like they're gonna continue to try to divide you, and like like I, none of us know when our last day is gonna be. So if if it's today or if it's tomorrow, whenever it is that, you know, if if they get any one of us, just continue fighting. Because like like that's what they, they want to break us spiritually. If we, if we hold the spirit down, no matter what they do to us, kind of physically, or, um, or you know financially, whatever, that they, they can't get to us until they break our spirit. This is all a demoralization strategy. So just hang in there. That's all I can say. Just just hang in there and keep fighting. You're not alone. So many people believe what, what we believe. They just, they can't say it out loud because they're scared. So hang in there. We're going to win. Yeah. I think that's such an important point to tie in here at the end too. Like picture this whenever you're going through your self-improvement routine. If you have one, if you don't have one, you should start one. Like if you're listening to this podcast and you've made it this far, whether you're on Bitcoin, Twitter or not, you know, I love that shit. If you're, whenever you tag me in something that shows you're like pursuing, bettering your health, keep doing that. I love that. And it gives us motivation to keep doing, you know, having these conversations and, and putting that content out there. But, um, you know, that, what, what was I, what was I about? Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, going on a tangent. Uh, yeah. Just like we were talking about kind of like the, uh, the broader tactics of, the, or the broader strategies of the, the communist Marxist. So right, all right. I was, I, was push back. Yeah. I was about to tie in, in, in your self-improvement routine, whenever, you know, whenever you're going to lift, you know, whenever you're 
dieting, whenever you're meditating, whenever you're taking a cold shower, you know, whatever you're doing, whenever you're doing hill sprints, picture this as like, this is what you're preparing for, right? You know, we, we keep saying, you know, don't comply, do not like resist. They're going to try to do everything they can to break your spirit down over the next couple months that it's going, a lot of people are going to fold. Like, you need to be prepared for what's coming. And that starts with taking control and autonomy over your own your own mental, spiritual, and physical well-being. Yeah, totally, right? Like, that, that's why, like, all, the, all this stuff's so tied in is because, you know, the thing is, uh, I know that they can kind of cut me somewhat financially. You know, obviously, like, they can take my fiat job from me, and that would be, you know, really not good on the surface. But at the end of the day, um, the way I'm already preparing for this, I'm like, okay, like, well, you know, what can I do? You know, maybe that's the, the next opportunity. So always try to like, in every dark cloud, there's a silver lining. Um, I'm preparing that there might be a massive dark cloud coming my way soon. Um, and if that happens, I will view it through the lens of the silver lining and, you know, you know figure out where to go from there. Um, you know, so that, that's what I would do with anything. So like, um, just make sure like, like you're not alone. Like if you're listening to this, um, you're not alone. We're, we're going to get through this, you know, we're going to, good's going to try over evil, but, but the thing is they're on their last leg right now. Like the thing is they, the reason that, that they're getting so desperate with the propaganda is because they know people are, are, are seeing through it. So just keep fighting. That's all I can say. Just, you know, hang in there. 100%. Mind matter. Do you have anything else, man? That's all I got. You know, I appreciate you having me on Kaz. Um, great show. You know, I'm hoping I can meet people in person, you know, by maybe like Miami 2022 or even before that, we'll just have to see, you know, obviously like, cause of my fiat job and all that, I can't right now. Um, but you know, hopefully at least sometime next year, I'll, I'll get to meet y'all in person because it's a great group of people just, you know, outside of even just the, the Bitcoin uh, side of things. They are. Yeah. That's a, that's a great place to end. It is, you know, it's really special group of people in the Bitcoin space, not just the Bitcoin space, like obviously you and, and the self-improvement, but this entire movement, the people that are like coming together and really like, we really do want the best for people. It's, it's so sad that, you know, we're being made out to be these horrible people, um, by the media or, or whatever by the psyops, <laughs> the propaganda, but, you know, some of the best people I know I've met in the past year. And I think I responded to a tweet that you had about this exact thing. Like, you know, the closing of the circles that are happening. Like I never wanted to be that person. Um, you know, where I, it's like, I couldn't speak to you over this issue and I'm not going to be like that with this, but it seems like that's inevitably taking place. Uh, people <laughs> don't want to talk to me over my uh, stance on this issue, which is fine. Um, I, I don't need those people in my life. But the people that I am meeting right now, particularly through Bitcoin and, um, you know, in this movement, like are some of the best people I've ever met. Totally, totally. You know, um, if you look at people are going to just have your back, that they'll they'll reach out for free. Like, like I said, like I, I had some fuckers like every once in a while, some fuckers DM me talking about like, I didn't fall for this. I'm unfollowing you. I'm like, bro, that's your fucking loss. Do you understand the amount of fucking awesome free value I'm giving out? Like that, that's totally your loss, bro. Like, like anyone that wants to, please do because 
Like, like it's so your fucking loss. You, you're like, you're telling me about, that's like, like reply guys posting their L's right now because <laughs> like, like imagine like me carrying a few, like, and you DMing to unfollow me because of something I posted. I'm like, dude, you're losing out so bad because the amount of free value you could get um, from, from following my account. Like, I wish I had this fucking 10 years ago. If like I, I was following my own account 10 years ago, man, I'd be so far ahead. So like, other people are just posting their L's saying that shit. I'm, I'm totally with you. Anyone that wants to cut themselves off from people like me or you is it's, it's them losing, not us. Right. I think, I think those are hilarious, especially the people <laughs> that tell you like, Oh, I didn't even know you were following me. So I, yeah, I don't really care if you don't follow me. <laughs> right. Right. Like, like, cool, man. Like, awesome. I, I, I didn't need the DM or the, the yeah. reply. <laughs> but, you know, you, you, you can just unfollow me. I promise I won't care. So. Yeah. And I, I like that sort of form of, uh, that's my form of marketing. Like I kind of come off like an asshole intentionally, like stop being a lazy piece of shit and go work out. Like people need to hear that more often. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. Like, 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 and the thing is like, 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 like I've got like so many different fucking like things I'll post. Like if you're going to unfollow me because of one thing that you disagree with, like, like almost like no one's going to agree with me and you probably don't agree on you know, everything, right? Even we probably agree on most things, but probably not everything. If you're going to unfollow me because of that, that just that kind of tells me you're kind of one of the midwits. I don't want to follow me anyway. Like go work at fucking Edward Jones as a financial advisor and, and give like a 60, 40 <laughs> bond uh, equity portfolio allocation. Recommend, Sell your Bitcoin and go buy bonds. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, 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 like go like get some fucking dividend yields, like 2% from the S and P or whatever. Like, I mean, I mean, fuck off, dude, <laughs> man. This was a fun Saturday conversation. I'm going to drop this pretty much right after. Um, hopefully some people listen to it while they're working out. But awesome. it was a great conversation. Keep interacting with me. I love your account. Uh, maybe we can do this again sometime. Sounds good. I appreciate it, guys.